Bibles, please, for our second reading, the 29th chapter of Exodus. Exodus 29, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread and cakes unleavened, tempered with oil, and wafers unleavened, anointed with oil. Of wheaten flour shalt thou make them, and thou shalt put them into one basket and bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shalt wash them with water. And thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod. And thou shalt put the mitre upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mitre. Then shalt thou take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. And thou shalt bring his sons and put coats upon them. And thou shalt gird them with girdles, Aaron and his sons, and put the bonnets on them and the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual statute, and thou shalt consecrate Aaron and his sons. And thou shalt cause a bullock to be brought before the tabernacle of the congregation, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the bullock, and thou shalt kill the bullock before the Lord by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt take of the blood of the bullock and put it upon the horns of the altar with thy finger. And pour all the blood beside the bottom of the altar. And thou shalt take all the fat (coughs) that covereth the inwards. And the caul that is above the liver. And the two kidneys. And the fat that is upon them. And burn them upon the altar. But the flesh of the bullock. And his skin and his dung. Shalt thou burn with fire without the camp. It is a sin offering. Thou shalt also take one ram. And Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. And thou shalt slay the ram, and thou shalt take his blood and sprinkle it round about upon the altar. And thou shalt cut the ram in pieces, and wash the inwards of him and his legs, and put them unto his pieces and unto his head. And thou shalt burn the whole ram upon the altar. It is a burnt offering unto the Lord. It is a sweet savor. An offering made by fire unto the Lord. And thou shalt take the other ram. And Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. And then thou shalt kill the ram. And take of his blood. And put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron. And upon the tip of the right ear of his sons. And upon the thumb of their right hand. And upon the great toe of their right foot. And sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar. And of the anointing oil. And sprinkle it upon Aaron. And upon his garments. And upon his sons. 
and upon the garments of his sons with him, and he shall be hallowed, and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. Also thou shalt take of the ram the fat and the rump, and the fat that covereth the inwards, and the caul above the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, and the right shoulder, for it is a ram of consecration, and one loaf of bread, and one cake of oiled bread, and one wafer out of the basket of the unleavened bread that is before the Lord. And thou shalt put all in the hands of Aaron, and in the hands of his sons, and shalt wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And thou shalt receive them of their hands and burn them upon the altar for a burnt offering, for a sweet savor before the Lord. It is an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And thou shalt take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration and wave it for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be thy part. And thou shalt sanctify the breast of the wave offering and the shoulder of the heave offering which is waved, which is heaved up of the ram of the consecration, even that which is for Aaron and of that which is for his sons. And it shall be Aaron's and his sons by a statute forever from the children of Israel. For it is an heave offering and it shall be as an heave offering from the children of Israel of the sacrifice of their peace offerings, even their heave offering unto the Lord. And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed therein and to be consecrated in them. And that son that is priest in his stead shall put them on seven days when he cometh into the tabernacle of the congregation to minister in the holy place. And thou shalt take the ram of the consecration and seethe his flesh in the holy place. And Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they shall eat those things wherewith the atonement was made to consecrate and to sanctify them. But a stranger shall not eat thereof because they are holy. And if aught of the flesh of the consecrations or of the bread remain unto the morning, then thou shalt burn the, burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten because it is holy. And thus shalt thou do unto Aaron and to his sons, according to all things which I have commanded thee, seven days shalt thou consecrate them. And thou shalt offer every day a bullock for a sin offering for atonement. And thou shalt cleanse the altar when thou hast made an atonement for it, and thou shalt anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days shalt thou make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever toucheth the altar shall be holy. Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar. Two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. The one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at even. And with the one lamb a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of an hen of beaten oil and the fourth part of an hen of wine for a drink offering. And the other lamb thou shalt offer at even and shalt do thereto according to the meat offering of the morning and according to the drink offering thereof for a sweet savor and offering made by fire unto the Lord." 
This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you and speak there unto thee. And there will I meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office, and I will dwell among the children of Israel, and I will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. When we talk about the priesthood of the Old Testament, we need to remember two things. Two things. That the priesthood was separated from the rest of the people, and yet the people were called, even in the Old Testament, a kingdom of priests. And so there's a dual illustration there that we must be careful to maintain. The first illustration is that, as we read in Hebrews chapter 5, no man taketh this honor to himself, right? but was called of God, even as was Aaron, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest. That nobody gets to enter into the priest's office or into church office on their own. This is something that is established by God. There are ways that that needs to be done. But there is also the concept of the entirety of the people of God. Because Peter will repeat that in 1 Peter chapter 2. That we are a kingdom of priests or a royal priesthood. In what way are we a royal priesthood? How do we maintain the, the proper separation and then also remember that there is such a thing as office? And we remember it right here in Exodus 29, verse 1. What is it? And this is the thing thou shalt do unto them to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Beloved, every one of you are a priest in the sense that you minister unto or serve the Lord when we come on Sundays to worship him. The services that we offer are your priestly service to God. You sing to him. You give him your ear. You give him, if we might even say it, according to what we've just recently read, you give him your ear, you give him your right thumb, and you give him your right big toe. Wherever you walk, whatever you do, and whatever you hear, you are the Lord's. You are a priest serving God. We don't often think of ourselves like that. Rather, we think of ourselves as clients instead. And I put it to you in the modern church where church members think of themselves as clients that they have it backwards. God is the client. We are the ministers. We serve him. Churches get it wrong when they cater to the wrong clients. We must cater to our one client and serve him. So this first section there, that first verse, replete, full of wonderful conceptual implication that we must make known. All right, so now we're going to see the offerings that are offered for the priests 
Notice that they are the costliest of all things. The costliest of offerings. A bullock, two rams, wheat flour made into cakes and wafers. Remember that in ancient Israel, that, you know, I mean, wheat's gotten a bad rap in our day. We say wheat flour, ooh, right? Gluten, no, we can't have that. Okay, I understand that some of you have trouble with that in your digestive tract, and I'm not making fun. I'm trying to put us in the biblical construction of things because in the biblical construction of things, wheat ground fine was the finest white flour they had. And while we think of Wonder Bread as, ew, I like the stuff with seeds in it, still that was the lightest, airiest, and most appetizing to the ancient palate. Remember that in times of poverty, they ate barley. In times of, of uh, advancement, in times of riches, they ate fine wheat. So the bullock, that's the biggest and strongest and most useful animal that they had. The ram, the ram is also the biggest and strongest, except in that different breed of goats. And, and, and yet still, a, the most valuable animal under the bullock and then also this wheaten flour, the most valuable offerings that they had. That's what they bring for the consecration of the priests. Because why? Because they come under a stricter judgment, like we said earlier from James chapter 3 and verse 1. When a priest sins, he leads the nation astray. The priest's lips should keep knowledge, for they should seek the Lord at his mouth. He leads them in worship. He leads them in instruction. He leads them as that example. This is why there is a higher standard for priests in the scripture. A higher standard also for the minister and the elder and the deacon in scripture as well. We are not egalitarian. The Bible is not egalitarian. There are aspects like we spoke of a moment earlier where we are all priests. But that doesn't destroy the offices. Okay, so this bullock then. This bullock is given for a whole burnt offering as a sin offering. None of it is eaten and most of it is taken outside the camp because it doesn't belong in the camp. Why? Because God dwells in the camp. Get your sin offering out of here. After you take those parts of it that I've told you to burn, then you take the rest of it and it goes outside the camp. Those ashes, they don't belong here anymore. I'm the Lord your God. I'm holy. You don't dwell in the midst of me with your sins. That's what's being said there. That's what's being communicated. So that bullock, that costly sin offering, because if a priest sins, it's horrid. That sin offering is taken outside the camp. It is burnt burnt holy. All of it. Secondly, we have the two rams. And the two rams are to represent the priests themselves. But this time, not for sin, but for consecration. For consecration. So notice the first ram is a whole burnt offering. Why two rams? Because one, one ram can't do it all. Right? So you have two rams instead. The first one is burnt up altogether. It's a whole burnt offering. What does this mean? Priest, you belong to me. Your life now is mine, the Lord says. 
right? And this is why the Lord would say to the Levites, you have no inheritance in the land. I am your inheritance. So that they might recognize that they did not have a particularly earthly estate. They had a heavenly one, a divine one. And so that's the first. Then the second ram is cut up into pieces and the choicest, the deepest, and the richest parts are burned unto the Lord and then other parts are given to the priests to eat. And that is the portion of the Israelites that they will give to the priests for their support. And that's a part of the maintenance of the priest. But the priest for himself in this second ram of consecration, the deepest and richest part, the fat... The call above the liver, the fat that covers the inwards, the kidneys. Remember that those were delicacies in the ancient world. Those deep and rich parts of the animal, they were given to the Lord. Nobody got to eat those. And all of the fat, nobody got to eat that. That was given to the Lord. So then the breast was given to Moses as, the, as that representative of the Lord at that time. In other words, the Lord is saying, the priest must give me his heart. It's a ram of consecration. And then the rest of the priests also got the the shoulder and so on. That they would, with their strength, serve the Lord. Right? These offerings were, were were to keep them strong in the Lord. That they would labor with joy. That they might partake of the milk of the flock, if you will. Then we have the bread. And the bread is offered, that's right, with wine. Representative of, indeed, the, the bread of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, all of these offerings give themselves up pointing to Christ, who gives himself, who is that great high priest, who is not only the offerer, but the offering. So then, um, we have these, these, uh, f- these cakes of fine flour. They are, they are anointed with oil and without leaven. In this instance, although leaven is not always representative of evil and mixture, here it is. And so it is pure bread. It's the pure bread of God that is offered up with oil. And the oil there obviously speaks of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord Jesus Christ is that bread of God that is anointed with the Holy Ghost above measure. John chapter 3. God giveth not the Spirit in measure. To him. So this takes us down then uh, through the seven day consecration. Why a seven day consecration? Scholars are divided on that. I'll give you my opinion. You can look up other scholars on your own. But here's my opinion. Because these sacrifices point not to creation, but to the new creation. And so they are to think of the seven day week as the, as the week that God created... But then what happened? The fall. And so what does God do in Christ? We have a new creation. And so the seven days of consecration for the priests speak to that perfect consecration in Christ for the new creation instead of the old creation. And then finally we come down in this chapter uh, in verse 38. There are, uh, after we're done with the consecration of the priests. Oh, there's one more thing that I have to mention i know i'm a little behind on time but this can't go without mention okay we saw the garments two chapters three chapters ago the ephod with the jewels 
the the, uh, the the settings on the shoulders, the ribbon of blue, the the the, the girdle, the the belt that tied it all together. It's all ornate. The white linen coat and the white robe and all of that and the bells and the pomegranates. And, you know, I mean, just think about when the high priest came out of the tent on the, on the Day of Atonement in that full priestly regalia. The sun hit those jewels and boom, you know. There was that kind of a punch, that kind of drawing all eyes to the high priest. And we're thinking of this most ornate clothing that they have probably ever seen in their whole lives. And what does God command Moses to do to that? Take the blood and splatter it. Splatter it on the coat. Splatter it on the ephod. Splatter it on what, what Aaron wears. That you will know that it is by the blood of another that you come into my presence. And when we see the Lord Jesus Christ arrayed in his priestly regalia in Revelation chapter 19... And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and him that sat upon him was faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and, his, and on his head are many crowns. And then it goes on to say, and he is clothed in a vesture dipped in blood. Why? Because he's the great high priest. So Aaron has to have blood on his garments, too, because he stands in the place of To represent the Lord Jesus Christ. So take those beautifully pristine garments. And then splatter them with blood. It's an amazing picture. Isn't it? Wow. So now we come to the rest of the chapter. Beginning in verse. What is that? 38? Yeah. 38. We're going to hear now what we do with that altar. What do we do with the altar? Every day there are offerings upon the altar. Every day there will be a, ram, sorry, a lamb in the morning and a lamb in the evening. And every day there will be wine and bread on that altar. Every day, morning and evening. Right? Isn't that what it said? Um, so here's what you'll do. One lamb shalt thou offer in the morning, the other lamb shalt thou offer in the evening. And with the one lamb a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of a hen of beaten oil and the fourth part of a hen of wine for a drink offering every single day. Now, we agree with our brethren that the Bible does not dictate to us how often we should participate in the Lord's Supper. That that's left to the local sessions. There are those that are pointing to various Old Testament ceremonies as patterns, right? Some would point to the, to the Passover as being a yearly time. Some would say no three times in the year when everyone was required. Some would say weekly. Some would say monthly. Some would say this and that. Notice here, nobody's pointing to this these days. Right? Although it is as viable as any others. We agree with the Westminster divines when they say that the frequency of the Lord's Supper should be left to the local session to administer. With that then, let's close and let's uh, stand and...